Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. It is all still true. Everything that you've thought about and heard about the baby Jesus born in the manger on Christmas two days ago, it is still all true. And it all still matters very much. In fact, it matters more and more as the days go by. It's all still true. That's the theme for this morning. That's the one thing I want you to take away from today is that it is still true. And it still matters, just like it were Christmas morning. There is something about the way that we celebrate Christmas which can make it feel like a destination. So there's all the preparation, you know, the weeks and weeks, or if you start in September, the months and months of preparation for Christmas, and it can feel like getting there to that day, to Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, or maybe even if you postpone your family celebration for a few weeks, that's the destination. And once you've gotten there, you've arrived. And then you know the feeling, that post-party kind of letdown where everyone leaves and there's a mess to clean up and there's wrapping paper everywhere and the kids start losing their toys and all of that stuff, you know what it feels like. Christmas can seem like the destination, the end of the story, and then we move on to something else. That really is a struggle, I think, for someone like Santa Claus, who you know has his busiest day on Christmas Eve. He has to get busy on that day and then his job is done. 
right? His job is over and it's back to square one the, ne the very next day. He never really gets to move on to anything else. He never really gets to see the fruit grow from what he has done. It's just back to the beginning again. That's not how it is with Jesus. That's not how it is for you and for me when it comes to Christmas. The story is not over on Christmas Day. The story has not come to an end. In fact, the story is just beginning, and so it is all still true. We wake up, and we wonder whether it was just a dream that God could come down and be born in a manger, and it was not a dream. And now today we see that baby growing. We see the testimony about that baby increasing. The truth of what he's going to do for you and for me grows and grows like a plant growing, like a flower, like a rose blooming, like we sang on Christmas Eve. Lo, how a rose air blooming. Or you heard it in Isaiah. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Yes, there are 12 days of Christmas, but this story, this growth, this truth goes on. It blossoms and it bears fruit. What we see this morning is the beginnings of that. And what I want you to see in your life is that fruit born from day to day all the more. To get there, take a look with me at the gospel lesson. This really interesting story, this beautiful story that we have about Jesus being brought into the temple. He was brought to the temple because Moses had been given a law by God all the way back in the Exodus. When God established the Passover, when he had sent plagues on Egypt and that tenth and final plague came, which meant that the firstborn of every person, the firstborn of every family, as, all, as well as all of the animals, would be killed by the angel of death. God established a covenant with his people at that time, and he said to them, Paint your doorposts with the blood of a lamb, and I will pass over your houses, and your firstborn will not die, God said to his people. He saved them from death. But he said, Because I am saving your children, your firstborn from death, those firstborn are mine, God says. They belong to me. And so he gave them this law. He said, because they belong to me, bring to my sanctuary a sacrifice to redeem them, to buy them back, which is just what Mary and Joseph are doing this morning. And God said, you're going to do this so that every time you do it, you will wonder, what's this about? And you will think of that story. You'll think of that rescue, that redemption that God executed, that judgment that he brought on Egypt in order to save you. When you dedicate your child, when you present your child in the temple, God says, you will remember that I saved him, that I saved him just as I have saved you. Now Jesus comes into the temple, and instead of it just being more of the same, which it can feel like, Jesus is doing something new. For when Jesus fulfills the law, he fulfills it once and for all. When Jesus is presented into the temple as the firstborn of Mary, he is presented as the firstborn of all creation. So that the redemption that God gives through Jesus is a redemption for you, not from slavery in Egypt, not from working and being burdened with labor, but from sin and death. When Jesus is presented in the temple, it is the beginning of something brand new. Behold, I am doing a new thing, God says. You have been under guardians, Paul puts it, under guardians until this time. That law was meant to protect and keep you safe. But now something new has come. The fullness of time has come. And it is not the end of the story, but it is the beginning. It is the beginning of what God intended for all along. It is a beginning that Simeon sees. What a marvelous 
testimony Simeon gives about Jesus. I hope you recognize in the song that he sings, the very same song that we sing every Sunday after we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Lord, now you are letting your servant go in peace. In Jesus, Simeon sees not the day of the Lord as a day of judgment when everything finally comes to the end, but a day of the Lord in which something brand new is happening, a day in which death no longer holds any fear for him. Death no longer holds any apprehension because he knows that he can depart in peace. Because he has beheld the baby Jesus, he has held him in his arms and looked into his eyes, he has seen the salvation of God. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared, he says, not just for me, but for all people. He has seen in the baby Jesus a light, a light that will grow and grow and grow so that all nations, so that all people can come out of darkness. Simeon sings this song because it is the beginning of a brand new thing. God's salvation has come into the world. It is the fulfillment of God's every promise. And so, in peace, Simeon can depart. What he has been waiting for his whole life long, the consolation of God's people, it has arrived. And now, something new is happening. It is something new that the parents of Jesus could hardly fathom. You notice what happened in our gospel. Simeon sang this song about Jesus, and his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. This was not the first time that they heard such incredible things about Jesus. The angel came to Joseph and said to Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And the angel appeared to Mary and told her that in her womb was going to be the very Son of God. They had heard these things before, and then of course the baby was born, and out of the fields come shepherds to adore Jesus. What marvelous, incredible things have been happening since that announcement came to them from the angel. But they still, they still can't comprehend it because it grows and grows and that light shines brighter and brighter and now they bring him into the temple and even more. Here's this fellow they've never met before. He holds Jesus in his arms and he says these marvelous things about him and they can hardly grasp it. Who knows just what they expected? Who knows what they thought it would look like? But the point is this. It is growing, certainly beyond their expectations. The marvel of Jesus' birth, what he will do for the world, what he will do for sinners like you and me, is beyond imagination. It is beyond anything that we could or should ever expect. And that holds true even as those words from Simeon to Mary are fulfilled. I think that's what he means when he says a sword will pierce through your own soul. I think he's talking about what will happen in Jesus' life, as Mary stands at the foot of the cross and sees Jesus, her beloved son, crucified for the sins of the whole world, he says, a sword will pierce through your own soul. But she and all believers in God recognize that there, as Jesus dies on the cross, it is not the end of the story. It is not a flower wilting. It is not that rose withering up and dying, but it is, in fact, blooming. It is in that moment that this stem from the branch of Jesse, that this root which has grown up, started so small, and is now growing tall, it is at that moment, it is at that moment, that that plant bears fruit. The story is not ending as Jesus dies on the cross. In fact, it goes on and on and on to you and me as well. There's this last character that shows up in the Gospel, and she is, I think, one of my favorites, the prophetess Anna. Because the world looks at someone like Anna, who was married for seven years and then a widow until the age of 84, 
the world looks at a woman like her who spends her days in the temple praying and fasting. The world looks at her and says, her life has not amounted to very much, has it? She has wasted her time. Look at her. Day and night, there she is, murmuring, murmuring and muttering to God, a God who maybe can't hear her. There she is, not accomplishing anything. There she is, having nothing to show for her days. There she is, poor and sad and destitute. She should just go her way. She has nothing to show for her life. That's what the world sees when they see someone like Anna. But Anna, what was she doing as she prayed and fasted in the temple? She was waiting for God to keep his promises, for God to do exactly what he said he would do, for God to do what she knew was going to happen. And then as Jesus comes into the temple and Simeon sings his song, there Anna sees Jesus and she acts as though life is just beginning for her. 84 years old. 84 years old and it is as if she is born again. Brand new. She acts as if everything that came before was just a prelude to life which is now beginning. It is a marvelous thing that she sees and shows to us that the story has just begun with the birth of Jesus in the manger, that the plant is just beginning to grow and that it grows and grows until it blossoms and bears fruit. That is the point of Christmas. That is why Christmas does not come to an end. Not 12 days from now, not ever. That plant, that rose, is ever blooming, ever bearing fruit. As Jesus dies on the cross and pours out his blood for the sins of the world, there we see where everything was meant to deliver. The goodness of God for you and me, his graciousness, his mercy, his promises, his forgiveness, his life and salvation for you and me. There we see where Christmas was headed, and it is not ended there as well. That is not the end of the story. Because, of course, that gospel, that good news, has come now, even today, to your ears. Here again, Jesus is present, no longer a little baby in a manger, but yet in his flesh and blood, and in the words that you hear proclaimed from this church, from this pulpit, you hear and receive Jesus, that rose that was blooming, that plant that was growing, now so that it can bear fruit in your life. You have seen the salvation of God. You can depart in peace. You can live in joy as though life has just begun because you have been born again. You are destined for eternity, not for the grave, not for the consequences of sin, not for death, not for punishment, not for judgment. You have been born again for life, a life that never ends, a life that is bound up with Jesus, a life which never fades, a light which never grows dim. That is why, if you listen to Christmas music all year long, I will not begrudge it one bit. You should do it. You should start listening to Christmas music again. As soon as uh, Lent passes and we're done with Easter, you listen to your Easter music, start listening to Christmas music again, because the story goes on. Put up your Christmas lights in July. I don't care. It's good. Because the Christmas story matters. It matters now. It's still true. It's true every day. Hold fast to that. Never forget. Don't let the world suck the air out of this wonderful and beautiful story that we have. Don't let them deprive you of the joy that goes on and on. Celebrate. Sing. Rejoice. Your king is here and he has come to save you. To him alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.